Well, good morning, y'all. This is Andrew Bateman with Heart to Worship Ministry Moments. And this week, I've had an unusual number of folks, you know, coming up just trying to talk about who Christ was or who they think he might have been, different notions that different people have. And I've heard, you know, most of the usual stuff. It's been, you know, well, Christ, I believe Christ was a historical figure. Uh, he might have been the Son of God. I don't know. He might have been a prophet, as other faiths account. Um, he might have even been a cult leader, just all kinds of stuff like this. And, you know, some of them is, have made the statement, there's no way to really know. And I am going to respectfully um, but prudently disagree. So I'm going to start a series. This has propelled me to look at how Christ was set apart. I'm going to call it the, uh, the Consecrated Christ series because it's going to talk about how he is not like us, how he was set apart not only from, from us as common man, but other religious figures, historical figures, all that kind of stuff. And I just wanted to give a brief overview to start. We're going to go deep in this with, uh, with some heavy examinations of Scripture all through the New and Old Testament. But first off, I was just going through Acts 13 this morning, and I came across uh, the, the quoting of that psalm that says, You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. So how are some, some key differences, just to start to kick this off, that, that Christ is not like we are? Because he did come in the form of man. He came in the form of a servant. And, uh, you know, Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest, that is Christ, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, for he's been tempted in all respects, as we are yet as without sin. So he came and lived that life, all, all man, all deity, because the Lord can do that. He's not confined by our logic and our reasoning, but he came and he lived that sinless life that we might have an example. Not sinless because nothing tested him, but because he withstood it, because he was capable through the Father. So, um, there's your first way that Christ was sinless. Obviously, you and I, it's about 7 o'clock in the morning. We've probably already done something that's needing of repentance, right? Um, because even though, even if we're saved and on that sanctifying path, we still wrestle with this flesh and we still act out. And that's what the gift, and it is a gift of repentance, is for. So first, we see he was sinless, and he had to be. Because, again, it talks about without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And what, what was the manner of sacrifice that needed to be offered? Um, as, as the, the sacrifice for the atonement of the sins in the Old Testament. Of course, it was, you know, the flock without blemish, without spot, and Christ is our perfect Passover lamb. So he could not be sinless, he could not be defiled or corrupted, because he had to be perfect to bear our sins on that tree as the prophecy was, was fulfilled. So that he could do that, he could come, live as an example for us, go to the cross for us, thereby taking our sins upon himself, and then on the third day rising again so that he could have that victory over our sin and over death on our behalf. Because without that resurrection, there would be no resurrection for us in that. And we wouldn't have that promise of the inheritance that we have to be glorified and to be made as he is heirs with the king. Okay? So first, again, Christ was sinless. Came and lived a sinless life amongst us. Um, and of course, we know where that led. Now, it also, it's you know, he's called the only begotten son of God. And this is, this is a place where... Um, I think some more due diligence needed to be done with translations, and we need to be mindful of this. You know, if we look at John 3.16, and often in many translations it says, uh, the, the one and only Son of God. And yeah, I get that most of us understand what that means, but there's a difference because in, in, the, in the other translations it says the only begotten Son of God, and there is a difference. There's a setting apart because we are, in essence, you know, we are children of God too when we put our trust in Him and we, we make Him our Lord for real. So... Um, Christ, we're his children. I'm his son. Christ is his only begotten son who came, again, as the, the spotless Passover lamb as we just went through. So again, we see sinless. We see the only begotten son of God. Now here, at this psalm again, it says, you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. That's, that's saying that Christ will not see corruption like, like mere mortal men do. And if we go on in verse 36, it says, 
for David, and of course we know the root of Jesse, that, that David is in the lineage of the Messiah. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, uh, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he, that is Christ, whom God raised up, saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Okay, so here we see faith, and we see, we got to think of the time of this. So Saul has become Paul. The ministry to the Gentiles has been instated because of Israel's rejection of their Messiah, for the most part. And we even, we see here, of course, it says that the law, by, by the law, no man is, is perfected. By the law, no man is justified. Um, yet this is what so many of the, the Hebrews, the, the Israelites, were following. And we remember even not too far before this, Christ was here in earthly form, and they were, they were quoting the law of Moses to discredit him and say that he was not the Messiah. And Christ is standing against them saying, if you really understood Moses' writings and teachings, you would know that I am the one of whom he testified. Okay? So we see this again. He's saying this, this law can do nothing. This is, the, the new covenant is now upon us, and praise God for you and I, okay? Um, so we see here is where faith is enacted. It's by faith, it's by belief, and again, not just belief that Christ might have existed, He, or even believing that he was here a historical figure, a religious leader, any of this kind of stuff, that he was the only begotten Son of God, called to the things that we have already talked about, to be the, the, the perfect spotless Passover lamb on our behalf, to be our propitiation unto that resurrection that has granted us that hope, and also the focus and the understanding prophetically, seeing all these things that have been fulfilled, that that the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, that his, his return is imminent, and we have that hope, and that hope propels us unto the kingdom works. It's not, again, of course, works by which we're justified. It is our faith and the changing and the working of the Holy Spirit in us which begets us to kingdom works. But anyway, so again, now we have, um, we have sinlessness, we have the only begotten Son of God, and we have um, that he will not see corruption, and that he he can justify as the law couldn't. That's deity. Deity justifies. It says, uh, the Lord alone is, is just and the justifier of him who has faith in him. So, um, anyway, that all said, there's, well, there's technically four big characteristics of how Christ is different from us. You know, I've had some people say, well, you know, he's, he's kind of like, you know, well, Buddha was this religious influential figure, so Christ was kind of the same thing, and there's things we can learn from him, but, but we can't trust the scriptures and all this. Again, Look at the, look at the prophecy of this. Look at all, look at all of this. You can look at it from any different direction. You can look at it from history or archaeology. Um, of course, we who are born into the household of God understand, and this is discerned to us to be the truth. And we watch it at work in our lives, and not because this is you know the household of faith is any special elite group of people who are who attain salvation because they were anything special. No, the Lord chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and the prudent, and that's that's you and me, and that's may not sound so flattering of us, but that's such a tremendously great thing that the Lord chooses to save us in spite of this, that we submit to him. And not only does he seal us for salvation, unto salvation through his son, but he also, again, Christ didn't just come, go to the cross, as some see it, and that's it. And so we're saved, but we don't really understand it. Christ came, our example, again, I know we're going over this a lot, went to the cross, our propitiation, our sacrifice, so that we didn't have to suffer for our sins, a judgment which we could never pay, and then rose again. So he did all this, but it's not like that was the end of the story. Again, of course, we know what we have to look forward to prophetically in the future, but I'm talking about even the here and now in this life as we, as we, some of us stumble through, some of us walk through with Christ, some are more dedicated to that than others, but the whole point is he, even at this moment, is, is our intercessor. He's our mediator. He is, 
he is there again talking about how he intercedes with us for groanings that cannot be uttered and he he's sitting at the right hand of god he is still the mediator on our behalf even having done what he's already done so again i keep getting off this point where i'm trying to initially go you will not allow your holy one to see corruption we saw for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw no corruption. Christ saw no corruption. Because he was raised, he was resurrected, the same resurrection that we have the hope of, right? So David saw corruption. Moses, right, he was a big deal. He was kind of a powerhouse in, the, uh, in Israel through his writings and things. And what happened with him? He, he saw corruption. He died. He perished just as everyone else did. The mightiest men of God in this book perished. Paul perished. Peter perished. And so that being said, there's, there's the other one. We see sinlessness. We see only begotten Son of God. We see that he will not see corruption. We see the deity in, in justifying and in stating the new covenant and bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. So this is just kind of a, a brainstorming to initiate the series that I'm going to be and looking really forward to undertaking where we dive into the scriptures and we look at the deity of Christ and we see who he is, his characteristics, and why he's not some just some historical figure um, that maybe we can learn some lessons from. He is, in fact, our Redeemer, our Savior. And as I always say, there are two categories of people, folks that need to know God in the first place and folks that need to know him better. And if you're not among that second category, I pray that you would, you would just ask him to reveal himself to you. And I'm telling you, if you do so with an open heart, he will. It says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to him, that all should come to repentance, that all might be saved. But it's up to us to accept this free gift, this gift that costs so much. God's a God of love, but he's a God of justice. And we know if we really look at ourselves, we know what's in us and in of ourselves. And that it's got to be, it's got to be handled justly. And he made a way for us through Christ on that cross and then three days later. So uh, if y'all would, I'm serious, just there's there's no greater thing that you can do in your life than to ask him to show you who he is and to come into your life and be your Lord. So anyway, I appreciate y'all watching. If y'all have any questions, anything, please reach out. If you need prayer or whatever, let me know. I'm praying for y'all. Y'all pray for me. God bless.